Now, obviously, I'm going to be biased about my next guest because I am a huge fan, not only for the work he does for the NFL Network, but he was part of the executive team that helped build two Super Bowl champions out of the New York Giants, helped defeat the evil empire of Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. I'm talking, of course, about Mark Ross from the NFL Network. Mark, thank you so much for joining the show today. Sure thing, sure thing. Yeah, uh, and uh, again, I've been a Giants fan since 1990, so I am, of course, going to be wildly biased. Okay, no problem, no problem. So um, I I think if you look at the NFC and AFC championship games, these four teams are really close. Like Bengals and 49ers, massive hot streaks. Chiefs are going to their fifth straight AFC championship game. And the Eagles, unfortunately, well, we saw what they did to New York last week. Is there one team, Mark, that stands out for you? Like, and, and I give you the I give you the right to change your mind seven times within this interview. Who right now do you think is the best team left in the NFL? Well, I'll start by this. Preseason, I picked the Chiefs to beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Midseason, oh. we do a thing. I picked uh, yeah. Preseason, go check it out. And then nice. midseason, I flipped with the Eagles beating the Chiefs. But as of yeah. right now. Based on Patrick Mahomes' ankle, I'm going Eagles over Bengals in the Super Bowl. And, yeah, as you mentioned, these are probably the four most talented teams in the league on both sides of the ball. That's what makes this so intriguing. Tons and tons of talent, well-coached teams, big-time quarterbacks. But I just got to give the edge to the Eagles just with their overall talent on both sides of the ball and the way Jalen Hurts is playing now and the way he's ascended. I love what Cincinnati's doing with Joe Burrow, but just giving the slight edge to, to Philly if they have to meet. I love it. We have the exact same picks. You know what? I'm curious here, Mark. You went with the Eagles in the preseason. And the Eagles had a good – I think they were 9-8 and last year. uh, But they got killed by Tampa in the playoffs. How much did the A.J. Brown acquisition by the Eagles – how much did that influence your decision to take the uh, Eagles um, to make it to the Super Bowl? What was really, I visited them for the network during training camp. And just when I saw, it wasn't just A.J. Brown, but I believe that Jalen would, would ascend. You know, it was all about how much better he got. And I never thought he'd play at an MVP level. I thought he'd be really good. But that's really the biggest key is, is the MVP play he had. But not just A.J. Brown, but then on the defensive side, when I looked at that crew that they put together with Hassan Reddick, uh, yeah. you know, that they brought in there and then, uh, you know, they eventually bring in Bradbury, and they had so many guys that they brought in there that, like, the front, like, these guys are going to create some problems up front, which they did. Led the league in sacks, and then Darius Slay and Bradbury on the back end getting picks, and then they bring in Gardner. He he wasn't even on the team at that time, but just the job that they brought in with the, the influx of talent that they brought in there in the off season to already go with a playoff team, and then you get a quarterback, a young quarterback who plays at a super, at MVP level. I mean, that's just why they are where they are right now. Yeah, and like Jordan Davis, Robert Quinn, you got backup defensive linemen that could start for uh, a, a lot of teams out there. So, I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but I'll, th- I'll still throw it out to you. Fair to say that they're, uh, that the second-best team in terms of uh, offensive and defensive lines is the 49ers, and that Eagles are the team that probably are better in the trenches than even the mighty San Francisco. Yeah, those guys, it's going to be a battle in there. And if the, both of these teams, they'll be the best teams, the best fronts on both sides of the ball that either one has played all year. So 
that's kind of the intriguing thing about the matchup where it's just talent all over the place on both sides of the ball. And, you know, I think it's going to be a very, very, very close game, um, low-scoring game, and the, the difference will be that the only real mismatch I see, it's not even a mismatch, it's just the play that Jalen Hurts can make as opposed to Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy's done an outstanding job, uh, hasn't been afraid, tons of moxie, intelligence, runs the offense, made some plays here and there, which all he really has to do. But I just think that Jalen Hurts' element is just going to be the difference. I, I agree. And by the way, I will say this about Brock Purdy. It's not just with the team around him. I give him credit. Did not have any turnovers against that Dan Quinn Dallas defense last week. Uh, but for me, maybe one of the most significant things we saw was his uh, Jalen Hurts, his first or second pass of the game, the 40-yarder to Devonta Smith. I think that one, if it didn't answer all the questions about the health of his shoulder, at the very least answered a bunch of them. Yeah, that really just set the tone. It was almost intentional to say, you know what, y'all, you're about to be in a long day here, Giants. And it was and right after that, they just rolled from there. Of course, the Giants completely overachieved this year. But the Eagles had been the best team in the league for most of the season. And it just, everyone's kind of vision of them got clouded the last couple of games when Jalen didn't play. I'm like, wait a minute now, this this team was the best team in the league. And then specifically the last game against the the Giants where they didn't look great on offense and they kind of struggled a little bit against the Giants backups. But right from the start of that game, they were, they were clearly the better and more dominant team and Jalen looked 100% healthy. Joined by Mark Ross from the NFL Network. Speaking of quarterback health, let's go over to the AFC side where everything is based is talked about is based on one thing, the high ankle sprain and the health of Patrick Mahomes, and the line keeps moving. Cincinnati's favorite. Hey, look, there's Patrick Mahomes walking in practice. Now Kansas City's a slight favorite. How different does the Kansas City offense look if Patrick Mahomes uh, is not much of a threat running the ball or running the play action. Yeah, this is really the most fascinating injury I've ever seen where usually high ankle sprains keep people out four weeks, you know, average yeah. of four weeks. And here it is with Mahomes, like, yeah, he's got a high ankle sprain. He'll play this week. <laughs> As if nothing's wrong. <laughs> I mean, guys, just it's, a, it's, it's amazing. So here's the deal. Like, you're showing him with those little clips where he's not really running around and doing Patrick Mahomes sort of things. That'll be the true test once he gets in the game of how much moving around he can do the improvising that we know he's so special at. That's the element that probably won't be there. And if it is, I'll be very surprised. Is a, is a in-the-pocket Patrick Mahomes still one of the ten best, five best quarterbacks in the league? Absolutely. But what makes him so special and what could be the difference against a Cincinnati team who's already beat them with a healthy Patrick Mahomes, who's beat them three times in a row, then they're not afraid. Like, we're the better team than you, and now Patrick Mahomes is compromised really playing on a one leg or a leg and a half. Got to be super confident for Cincinnati knowing that, hey, let's just get after this guy and see if he can really move around and beat us doing the improvising that he usually does. And then the, the other question I have with Kansas City what happens? Jacksonville, not very good at defending the tight end. Travis Kelsey, I think, had 38 receptions in that game, which would be an NFL record. What happens if, they, if, if, um, if Cincinnati is able to slow down Kelsey? How much faith do you have 
in someone else being able to make a play, even if Patrick Mahomes is on his game, how much faith do you have in the other weapons that aren't Travis Kelsey? Yeah, that's that's fascinating, right? Every every game Kansas City plays and Kelsey's just running free against the single yeah. coverage and zone. Like, uh, is anyone going to game plan to stop this guy? But they do such a great job, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, of scheming him open. But that'll be focus one, two, and three for Cincinnati defense is to double Kelsey and make sure that he doesn't get loose. So then, in years past, that's this is where you really see the Tyreek Hill factor. Where it was that Tyreek can can explode on one play? The, yep. the offense of the Chiefs this year has been better than ever. So they haven't missed him because everybody there's been a bunch of guys in Juju and Marquez Valdez, Scan, McKinnon, and, and Isaiah Pacheco. All these guys have been stepping up. Now this is the game when you get to the AFC Championship. Who can be that guy throughout the season? All of them have shown an ability to make plays. They just need one of those guys to step up again. Uh, so – Look for that because I don't think Cincinnati is going to let Kelsey beat them. Somebody else beat us, and they've shown that they're capable of doing that. Can they do it on the biggest stage is the question. It it really is. It's uh, it, uh to me, it's one of my when I list like my ten favorite questions for those two games. That's near the top of the list. Uh, Mark, I'll leave you with this. Just um, as someone who worked in front offices and as a scout for so long. How difficult is this offseason going to be for the Giants? Because one quarterback, Daniel Jones, has shown he's better than what he was early on, but we don't really know what the ceiling is. And then you also have an elite-level running back, but three of the four teams left in the playoffs don't really have elite-level. Joe Mixon's good, but he's not. I wouldn't say he's elite. Um, certainly, mm-hmm. Philly's got good running backs. None are elite. Same thing with Kansas City. Only San Francisco has it. It was a guy they acquired late. But if you're the Giants, how hard is this offseason in terms of what you're going to do with contracts for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley? Yeah, definitely a lot of questions coming into the season on both of those guys. That's why Daniel didn't have the fifth-year option. And I think there's still those questions. Why Saquon Barkley was so controversial as the second pick in the draft because of all those things you mentioned. The running back importance has diminished. The injuries, which he's had. So here he was hurt again this year. And that's really the question. Do we roll it again with a running back? We've already invested a number two pick in him. Do we invest a huge amount of money in him as well? And then Daniel, the Daniel Jones questions. Yes, Brian Dayball worked his magic on him and kind of just kept him out of the way for most of the season. They were winning close games but making plays here and there, had those explosive games both against Minnesota where that's the best he's looked ever. Now Minnesota had the worst defense in the league, so it was kind of fool's gold a little bit. Then they play Philly, and he looks like the Daniel Jones that everyone was worried about and saying, is this guy the real guy? So that's the tough part with with Joe Shane, the new general manager, and Brian Dable. They had the press conference the other day, said they want both of them back, but – once these price tags start getting involved, then it may turn different. And if you don't have those guys, particularly Daniel Jones, I think you can find, you know, other backs. Is okay. Who do you replace? Who do you? Where do you go to now? Do you draft a guy? Free agent market is not that robust for QB. So that's always the other side of it. It's like, okay, maybe this guy might not be worth it, but where do we go from here? Do we completely start over, or do we just try to keep rolling it back with him and get better around him? It's going to be such a hard off season for the Giants after a very satisfying. I mean, how tough is that? You've just had this very satisfying season. Your coach was coach of the year. You you outperformed all expectations, and now you, now you have to go into the, maybe the hardest off season that these guys are going to have to go into. 
No question, right? It was like the overachieving yeah. is almost was a gift and a curse of the way it ended yeah. uh, right there at the end to show you how far away they were from competing, yep. just getting so, uh, you know, beat so bad by the, by the Eagles. It's a perfect way to put it. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for joining the show. People, follow him on Twitter, at Mark Cross. And, again, check out his work at the NFL Network. All the best, Mark, and enjoy the weekend's games. Great, thanks. Take care now. Absolutely, you as well. That is Mark Ross from the NFL Network.